Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Get your Bibles out, turn to Ephesians. I'm I'm excited. Uh, This has been a great series. I hope that you've been blessed by it. I've been blessed by it. I get the opportunity to really dig in and study and go over it and over it and over it. And um, every time I do, every time I open up my Bible to look at the passage again, just the Holy Spirit brings something out, uh, something else out alive. And I just want to say that's the Holy Spirit and that's the Word. <laughs> Amen. Every time you open the Word, it is alive, and the Holy Spirit in you loves to be in the Word, and so He'll bring something out for you. And so we had meant this to be about a four-week series. I don't know what week we're in, but it just it keeps going on and on. But we'll uh, do today, and next week we'll wrap it up. And then here's a big announcement for everybody. Then Sunday, December 3rd, my mom, Pastor Karen, will be bringing the word the Sunday, December 3rd. I know. I know. Shout all you want. It's okay. I'm secure. I'm secure as their pastor. I'm okay with that. And, uh, but she's going to bring the word on December 3rd, so you want to come here for sure on that one. Uh, I'm, I'm tempted to go back and review. I'm tempted to go back and look at things that when we talked about it, we didn't talk about this, but the Holy Spirit's brought. I don't want to do that because we have limited time today. So we're going to dive into uh, another piece of the armor, uh, the shield of faith. And so we've kind of skipped around a little bit as we felt the Holy Spirit led. Now, two weeks ago, I sh- we shared on Mission Sunday a big missions update and opportunity. And so we were really short, a little bit short on time, uh, not as much time as we normally have to bring the word. We brought the word, uh, but I want to go back and I want to revisit that. And so uh, I went to a certain place on this topic, uh, first service. I went to a certain place, second service. So I thought, I'm just going to do the whole message again. So if you hear the first part, that's a good thing because we learn by repetition. Amen. And we can't hear enough about faith anyways, right? We are people of faith. This is a word of faith church. People ask what kind of church you go to. We're a word of faith church. And say it proudly, not like apologetically or like, yeah, hey, you know, I, I know, but you know, you know, right? And they'll say like one of those health and wealth churches and they're like, say, absolutely. Why would I go to a sick and broke one, right? Or teaches being sick and broke, right? <laughs> and what they're basically saying is faith, right? It takes faith to operate the word of God. And so we're going to talk about that. Uh, I think it's important because we are to be people of faith. Everything that we are, everything we have is accessed by faith and uh, even your salvation, right? That's the beginning. And and it's always funny to me when people don't like the faith message and for a lot of reasons, uh, but I'm like, are you saved? (laughs) Because you're saved by grace through faith, right? I mean, that's the only way. That's the only way to your salvation is to believe the truth about God's word and what he said. Amen. And so we're going to take a look at a few things in light of our series and the armor. And I want to keep it because people make faith so complicated. Do Do you realize that God made everything simple so no one would misunderstand or miss out. Um, but man makes faith complicated. And maybe, maybe because man wants to seem a bit more self-important. I don't know. But nonetheless, I want to try and keep it on a simple, basic level because I believe that's where it should be so we can all understand it and walk in it. So let's take a look at Ephesians 6, 10 uh, through 18 is our passage. Uh, I'm sure that you're all very familiar with it by now. And if you've missed an installment in the All Dressed Up series, please go back and listen to it again. You can always re-access messages through the archives or our website. But let's start here in 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, 
to which your neighbor would look and say, I told you, it's not me, <laughs> right? And, uh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's a lot, that's a mouthful right there, but he's emphasizing it's not the natural that really where our battle lies, it's the spiritual. And we need to be more spiritually minded at least first than we are naturally minded. And that's what we've been trying to do. And then he gives us the armament on how we can do that. But he goes on to say this. Uh, so you may be able, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand. And we've said this, it's not your ground. It's your ground because you've been given it, but it's the ground Jesus won for you. It's the ground he won for you spiritually. That's how he did it. So he's given you charge over that, if you will, spiritually. So hold your spiritual ground. And then he says, and I'm going to give you the tools you need to do that. He says, stand firm then with the belt of truth. The, the, the belt of truth we talked about is God-based knowledge. You need to be around you, all around you, surrounding you. The core of everything is the truth or God-based knowledge or God's view on everything. And he says, have it buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Uh, talking about now that you have uh, God-based knowledge, you can make God-based decisions the breastplate of righteousness protects your heart, if you will, and with God-based truth, you can make right decisions and go in right directions because righteousness means right standing with God. So that's what protects your heart there. You're making right decisions and right choices based on the truth because, again, the belt around you, everything is attached to works operates off of that. Um, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, we took time talking about the gospel of peace because I think we think the gospel of peace is this whole book, but the gospel of peace is the gospels. It's where it talks about the crucifixion of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus and what that means for you and I. In fact, it means everything for you and I. Everything we are, everything we have comes from the gospel, from what Jesus did through his crucifixion and his resurrection. And so we find peace or God's peace in the gospel. So if you're not interested in the gospel, good luck with peace. If you don't want to talk about the gospel, then don't even talk to me about peace. <laughs> because the word says my peace is rooted in what Jesus did on the cross and through his resurrection. And so we need, we need to be students of the gospel, amen, to walk in the peace that God has. And so all this is working together. And then he goes on to say, uh, in addition to all this, and this is where I'm going to go. I'll stop here. You can read the rest out. Uh, in addition to all this, in addition to all what? In addition to the, the truth or God-based knowledge that you're surrounding yourself with, in addition to the breastplate of righteousness, which covers your heart, your emotions, your feelings, because now you're making right choices and right decisions. In addition to the gospel of peace, peace coming from making God-based decisions on God-based truth, there's a peace, the Bible says, that passes all understanding that's yours. How do you know you're walking in the peace of God and not the peace of this world? Well, the peace of God doesn't make sense with what you're going through. I don't understand it, but I got peace in the mess that my life is right now, right? That's the gospel of peace found what, because of what Jesus did to the crucifixion and resurrection. It goes, in addition to all this, as if to say, hey, what's coming next is going to work with all this. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take up, pick up, take up. The verb there, take up, means to pick up, if you will. It, it means as needed. In fact, the first three armor, uh, pieces of armor, the belt of truth, uh, the breastplate of righteousness, and, and the gospel of peace on your feet, those you're always to wear. It's a different verb. Have. Have those on you. 
And that's you're always to be surrounded in the truth of God's word. You're always to be dressed in God's truth. You're always to be dressed in righteousness or right choices, right decisions. You're always to be dressed in the gospel of peace, always. And I'm a big baseball fan, and I just mentioned the baseball team being here uh, from Samuel Clemens. And listen, it's like that's being dressed in your uniform. A baseball player uniform is having the belt of truth, having the breastplate of righteousness, and, and having the gospel of, of peace, the cleats, always. But there's times where he goes and picks up a bat and goes to plate, right? There's times where he picks up his glove and goes out to the field. Those times for you and I in relation to this is the evil day. And now I, I, I corrected myself two weeks ago because I've been saying, and, we, and, and rightly so, but we all live in the evil day. We, we agree we're living in evil days, but it's more specific than that. And I corrected myself and said, well, we're living in the last days. We're, that's the truth. Of it. And in the last days... There's going to be war and rumor of war, right? Pandemics, famine, all that stuff. People are going to not love each other. Families are going to part, all that. So that's the last days. It's evil, but it's the last days. The evil day is when you just got a bad report from the doctor. The evil day is when you just got an automobile accident. The evil day is when you just lost your job. The evil day is when your, your kid just got kicked out of school. The evil day is when hell has landed on your front porch and is trying to kick in the door. That is the evil. Your evil day looks different than my evil day. Your evil day looks different than your neighbor's. What is the evil day for you? What are you going through and experiencing right now that is not of God? And it could be different for everybody, and you go through them at different times. And that day, pick up the shield of faith. Now, let's talk about that for a minute because, again, faith is so key to our life and to what we're doing. We have to know the shield of faith and how it operates. And, and the shield is described uh, as Roman. All this is Roman armor, right? So it's the shield, which is two and a half feet wide, four feet tall, meaning when, a proper, when properly used, it can cover you. It would cover a Roman soldier. If they would properly position themselves, it would cover them. And even as Roman soldiers would go to battle, there'd be times that they would, next to another Roman shoulder, uh, soldiers, they would lock shields of faith. And the shields of, shields of faith, they, they were believing, right? God help, right? I don't know if it's a shield of faith, but shield of desperation for them. I don't know. But they locked their shields together. And even some would put it over the top of their head so everybody was covered. And I was thinking about this yesterday. That's why you need to be in a word of faith church. Because there's times you don't have enough faith or strength to, you don't have enough strength to pick up your shield of faith. But if you're connected with other people of faith, their shield will protect you for a time. Amen? That's why we need to be. We need to be connected in the body. And it doesn't have to be this Word of Faith church, but you need to be in a Word of Faith church. Because there's a lot of great Word of Faith churches around here. And so it's important for us to make sure that we understand that dynamic, that we are in this together. Amen. And so we need to understand we need to be positioned correctly behind all of it to be protected, as the word says. And um, this is a critical piece because it can cover it can cover not only you, but it can cover your family. It can cover your marriage. Come on. You know, you realize you need to have faith for your marriage. It can cover your family, your kids. It can cover your job. It can cover every aspect of your life if positioned properly. And so that's why the enemy works so hard to get you out of position. That's what he worked so hard to do. And this piece of armor is so important. He doesn't want you to take it up. He doesn't want you to walk in it. So the question then is, what is faith? And let me give you a very simple definition. Faith is acting on the truth. I don't know how to make it simpler. Faith is acting on the truth. What truth? Well, we just talked about the belt of truth, which is God-based knowledge. God's perspective on the matter. 
So faith is acting on, acting as if what God says is true. Not whether you think it is or not. Come on. Not whether you feel like it, not whether somebody else says, but acting like what God says is true. It's God's view of the matter. And if you're not interested in discovering God's view on a matter, then forget about having a discussion about faith. And that's what I find so interesting to me when I have discussions with people that are struggling with their faith. They can't even give me God's view on the matter. Well, how are you going to get faith? Because what we mistakenly think faith is, is a feeling. And so we try and generate feelings till we feel to a point that we think it's okay. But let me tell you what, you can feel good and not be in faith. And you can feel bad and be in faith. You can be faith-ish and be faithless, right? You, it's, it's based on emotion. If you're basing it on emotion, it's going to be a roller coaster ride just like your emotions are. Because your emotions are based on circumstances around about you. And so if you're not interested in discovering God's view on a matter, the truth, then you're not going to have a discussion about faith. That's going to help you. Faith is only faith when it's tied to the truth. We're believing things or trying to believe things that we don't even have a truth to stand on or tying it to the truth with, and we're trying to generate this feeling to feel a certain thing, and that's not faith. And that's why, that's why people have a problem with faith, because I hear all the time, well, you just got my hopes up and nothing happened. No, you just got your hopes up and nothing happened. You need to attach that to the truth of God's word and stand and hold right there and walk in that. And so the reality is, when we have, it, we have problems of faith, it's, 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 a, it's a truth issue. So when people say, I need to, I need, I need to increase my faith, it's like, it's like, you know, you need to increase your knowledge of truth. Because my Bible says that without knowledge, people perish. Oh, let me say it this way. Without God-based truth, people perish. Because they don't have anything to attach their faith to, to extinguish all the fiery darts of the enemy. Enemy can displace you from your position spiritually. So faith is only faith when tied to truth. And the problem, <laughs> I wrote this, the problem is a lot of us can't handle the truth. <laughs> Thought about that clip. I just couldn't pull it off quite like Jack Nicholson could. But anyway, so. You know why we can't handle the truth? It's our feelings and emotion we're trying to operate in. Because sometimes the truth doesn't line up with what your feelings are. Honestly, most of the time. Let's just be honest, right? <laughs> most of the time. And so that's why we can't handle the truth. That's why we don't like the truth sometimes when it goes against what we think, what we want, what we hope for. But the truth is the truth no matter how you see it. The truth is the truth. So we're trying to live out of half-truths that the enemy would spin or complete lies if it's not the truth of God's word. And that'll never give you anything to attach your faith to to protect you in the evil day. And so uh, faith is acting like God is telling truth. And a lot of people go around talking about faith but aren't connected to the truth and they wonder why faith isn't working. And I don't mean that as a harsh statement. I, I hope that maybe brings a revelation to somebody. So uh, they, they go around looking for more faith, thinking if they can get a little more faith, maybe I can get a little more help. Uh, but let me tell you uh, again what faith, uh, what faith is not. It is not your feelings. And so you can go around all you want and try, all we do is try and create or generate more feelings, more emotions, or right kind of emotions according to what we want to see happen. And that is nothing to do with faith. Faith is not based on how you feel. My faith is not tied to my feelings. Faith is acting on the truth, whether I feel the truth or not, whether I like the truth or not, whether I agree with the truth or not. 
Faith is acting on the truth regardless of how you feel. And so uh, when we allow faith to be defined by feelings, we will always be confused. Let me give you a quick story. Uh, One of my favorite stories in scripture is in Luke 5 where Peter had been fishing all night and Jesus goes and he's on the shore and this is eventually where Jesus calls him into ministry. Now understand Peter was from a family of fishermen. It was the Zebedee Fishing Company, right? right? And so he'd been fishing all night. It's what he did. It's what his dad did, probably what his granddad did. He knows fishing. He'd fished all night, caught nothing. And then as he comes into the shallow waters and they're getting ready to get out of the boat and clean their nets, repair their nets, Jesus is standing there and says, hey, did you catch anything? And he says, no, we fished all night. We didn't catch anything. And Jesus says, hey, throw your net on the other side of the boat. And Peter, we only get what is written here. But if we know Peter's character, we know Peter's, you know, how his position, how his personality is, Peter in his mind, at least, I think, would be thinking like, I'm sorry, who are you again? Are you the guy that made my kitchen table, right? I, mean, I heard you teach. You're, you're a good teacher. Wow, you stick to the teaching. Let me stick to fishing. This, look at the sign on the boat, Zebedee Fishing Company, right? This is what we do. And in case you didn't know this, but I do, because it's what I do, is we fished all night. You don't fish during the day in the Sea of Galilee. And you don't fish in the shallows. We're in the shallows now because we've come in for the night. Because the, at night, the fish, come up, the fish come up in the shallow at night to feed. And during the day, which is day right now, if you didn't know the sun's out, they go back out into the deep water. But then here's what I like about Peter. He says, but nonetheless, but at your word, it makes no sense to me. I don't agree with it. It goes completely against my learning, my education, my experience, and everything I've been taught and my feelings, but nonetheless, at your word, at your truth, at your word. I love it. So he threw his net on the other side and he caught a record to this day, I don't know, I'm just kidding. Uh, here. <laughs> Certainly for that day, big enough to almost sink his boat and other boats had to come help. It would not have been the time to quit fishing. It would have been the time to add, add some more boats to the fleet and become the manager and boss everybody around, right? That's what I think. But he gave all it up to follow Jesus. But I love him in that moment where he said, none of this makes sense to me. Goes against everything I've learned, all my training, all my education. Goes against what I've been taught. Goes against the, 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 day, the time of day. It goes, it goes against all that. But at your word. Oh, if we would learn to live by his word. At your word. My faith is attached to his word. His word is truth. Amen. And so he discovered a principle of faith that day. If we would discover it, it would transform us. In spite of what I've learned, in spite of what I know, in spite of what my history or my experiences are, in spite of my own education, in spite of what I think about the situation, if I would simply do what he says, I would discover there's a lot more to this than I know. See, we're more educated in the world than in the word. And so wherever you are, we can change that. You can change that, right? We need to start spending more time in the word of God. Why? Because that's where we find the truth to attach our faith to. And faith is acting on the truth or God's word. And so I want, I want to take, I want to say this right here. I, want you, I need you really to listen and lock in for a minute right here. Because what I'm going to say here in a minute is going to mess with some of your theology. And you can choose to believe it or not believe it, but this is what I believe. And I want you to really make sure you're paying attention. Faith does not make God move. God has already moved. The gospel is Jesus came and was crucified and he paid for everything. And then he rose up again in resurrection power. 
And so we're not trying to manipulate God. We're not trying to get God to do something. He's already done that. What faith does is helps you access what he's already done for you. And so that's why it's so important. So if we live our life trying to have more faith, I don't have enough faith, I need more faith, I need more faith, I need more, no, you need more knowledge, you need more knowledge, you need more knowledge, then you need to pray on that knowledge, you need to study that knowledge, you need to meditate on that knowledge until it drops down in your heart and it can be an anchor for your belief. But you can't do enough to get God to move on your behalf. You can't manipulate him. Believe me, if we could, we'd have a whole lot more stuff going on in our life that we want and need, right? Because we've all been there. Hospitals would be empty. No one would be broke any longer, right? But God's already done through Jesus, through the gospel. The gospel story is what God has done through Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection for you. It's you and I now that use our faith to access what God already did through grace. That's important you know that because what God did through grace, grace means it's a gift, a free gift. You can't earn it. It's already been given you as a gift, his grace. So what faith does is positions you to access what he's already provided. By his stripes, I have been healed. Healing has been provided for me by what Jesus did on the cross through his bruised and broken body. Now I attach my faith to the truth and I stand in that place. I make right decisions based on God's truth. And then I find in the midst of how I feel or my circumstances, a peace that passes understanding till I see the manifestation. Faith goes and grabs what's in the spirit realm and brings it into my natural realm. It's what God's already done. Well, I don't have enough faith. Well, Jesus says if he just had the faith of a mustard seed. He's not asking for a lot of faith. He's just asking for you to act like what he said was true. Now, that's not easy sometimes. That's our battle, right? That's why we got to be anchored to the truth. But God's provided. God's pro what is it that you need? God's provided that. It's already been provided in the cross. It's already been provided through the resurrection power. So what we have to do is access what's been deposited for us in grace because of grace. And in fact, the Bible says that you are saved by grace through faith. Well, look, let me say it this way. You are, by grace, you are saved through faith. By grace, you are healed through faith. By grace, you're delivered through faith. By grace, you're prospered through faith. By grace, you're blessed through faith. Well, that's the reality. So we're not trying to get God to move because if that's it, then we've, we've now we've relegated to our own ability to create or generate something. And it's a grace gift, just like salvation. So no man can boast in and of itself. I did this. I had enough faith. I generated enough faith. I had enough faith to make God. I'm sorry that you can't, but I did. And that's where people have an argument against, against the, the, the word of faith because like, no, it's a, you're just setting people up for disappointment. No, you misunderstand it. Because you can't manipulate God. He's already done this. You can access him or access what he's deposited in the unseen realm and bring it into your world through faith. And so it's important. I know that's probably messing with some people in here. I get it. It's okay. You can agree with me or not agree with me. That's okay. We can still work together to win people for Jesus, right? But listen, you need to study this and, and, and understand this for you to walk in that, for you to appropriate what God has provided for you. Sometimes we, we think we need more faith. No, we need more truth. Sometimes we, we need to take the truth that we have and meditate on it a little bit more. Do we really understand that? Sometimes we need to take the truth that we have and pray about it a little bit more and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth, 
where it becomes, for those that have been here in one of our installments of the series, where it becomes a logos, it becomes a revelation, it becomes an understanding to us. It's not just a prayer that we're praying. It's something that you believe because now it's gotten down into your core, who you are. And so you're attaching your faith to that. And so we need to understand that how we grow or increase your faith is by acting on the truth that you know. Well, God's just trying to grow my faith. No, he's trying to grow your knowledge of his truth. And you acting on the knowledge of his truth is growing your faith. So God has already provided by grace, deposited it in the spirit and faith for you and I accesses what God has already done and brings it from the unseen into the seen. And when you act on it, that's when you grow or increase your faith. Otherwise, it's works. And I don't want to get into all that. I probably shouldn't have said that last comment there, but I don't want to get too deep in here. But listen, if we access things through our works, then where would our faith be? So our faith is accessed by our works because we're acting on what we believe. And our faith then is connected to the truth of what God said. But it's been provided as a free gift by grace and deposited in the spirit and the unseen realm. So when you get a revelation of God's word based on the matter that you're experiencing, and then you believe it, it rises up in you, and then you act on it, you attach your faith to that truth in God's word, which access, accesses what God has provided by grace. It's a free gift. You can't earn it. You couldn't earn your salvation. You cannot earn this. You can access it by faith. When faith what faith does is access what God has already done for you and I. Faith is the point of access, not the point of power. The power is in what God has already done in grace and has been deposited in the spirit. Faith accesses what God has already deposited through grace. Ephesians 2, 4 through 8. Got real quiet in here. Ephesians 4, 2, 4 through 8. <laughs> it's okay, Lord. But because of his great love for us. Now listen to this. Because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with, and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparably great riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus, for it is by grace you have been, uh, you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. You can't create it. You can't generate it. You can't manipulate it. It is the gift of God. Are you with me? Anybody? My wife, at least. <laughs> Thank you, honey. <laughs> what a powerful passage of scripture. Can we go back to verse four? Let's go back to this for a second. I'll watch my time. But because of his grace love for us, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace, a free gift of God, you have been saved. And God raised us up. Now listen to this. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Where are you seated? With? Okay. But I'm here. <laughs> I see you. You're here. You're right there. <laughs> Spiritually. Come on. So we operate from that position. Come on. Because we operate because what is unseen is the root of everything, where everything begins. So we operate from our position 
in Christ Jesus or because of or through the gospels, Jesus' crucifixion, resurrection, we operate in that power and authority, but we have to access what has been given to us by grace. It's a free gift unless you boast in it of yourself. You created it, you did it, you manipulated it. So by faith, you access what has been deposited in the unseen realm, and you've brought it into the seen realm. Is this helping anybody? Does that make sense? I, I know, okay. Because I can pick this back up next week. No, I'm just kidding. And we might, I don't know. <laughs> I really want you to understand this because this is the key to us walking a victorious life and everything that he's provided for us. When you become born again, when you receive Jesus, what it talks about here, payment for your sin, then you are recreated in the image of Christ. You are seated in Christ Jesus and heavenly places now and that position. Now, so, Ephesians, goes on, Ephesians 6 talks about the battle in heavenly realms. Do you realize that you are seated positionally in a place of power and authority in the heavenly realms? So that you can address the battle in heavenly realms, right? Do you realize that your blessing has its beginning in heavenly realms? And your battle is in heavenly realms. We have to understand, I'm trying not to be complicated, I'm trying not to be spooky, but we have to understand that we have to start in the heavenly realm. We don't start with the five senses. We want to, because that's what we know, right? That's what we feel, it's right there, but you don't start there, and it's not bad to have five senses, it's bad to have five senses control you. And that's what Paul's saying. He says, so I'm giving you some armor so you don't have to start with the five senses. So you can start where you're positioned already in or through Christ Jesus because of God's gift, a grace gift of salvation. And now when you learn then by faith to attach it to the truth, you access that deposit and you bring it into your reality. But it has to start there. We're starting with the five senses. And at best, we're doing chaos management. At best, we're putting Band-Aids on stuff. At best, we're getting temporary fixes. We should never start there. And then we do in human, it'll take a while, right? Make the adjustments, it takes a while. I do that still too. But we have to learn. We have to learn this. And it's by faith that we access what God has already deposited for us through his grace. It's a gift, you don't have to earn it. You don't have to manipulate. You don't have to control. You don't have to generate, create. You have to get to a place that you attach what you believe, and that's expressed by what you're doing to what he's already done and provided for you, the truth. So you have to know. The, that's why the Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You realize the only freedom that you'll walk in is based on the truth that you know? <laughs> so, right? We might as well just go all in, right? Let me just go... Hey, I'm, I was glad to see you guys. I hope you come back next week. We're going to have another great service, I promise. <laughs> hey, I love you. I want you to get this. And I'm, oh, God help us, right? Help me. <laughs> this is the truth. It's what you know, though, that you walk in. And we need to know the gospel of what Jesus did. He came, he died. 
He was crucified. He was beaten. He was broken. So we can have freedom from sin. We can be freedom from mental anguish. We can be free from physical disability, free from pain and sickness and disease. All that was purchased. And by his stripes, we have been healed. Amen. Amen. And we were raised up. We were raised up. No matter who we are and what we've done, if we called on Jesus to be saved, the Bible says we were raised up and seated with him in heavenly realms in a position of power and authority in Christ Jesus. Nothing we ever could have done. It's a free gift. It's his righteousness. It's his new nature. It's his life. It's the spirit of God now. And we operate. We need to operate from that position. Come on. We need to operate from that position of power and authority and attach what we believe to the truth of God's word because that's how we access what God has given us by grace and that operates and happens in the spiritual realm first before it ever comes here in the seen realm. And I know this might be just blowing some minds. Keep coming back, I promise. Come back for a while, right? Keep coming back. But you need to learn this. And let me just go back to what faith is. Faith is just acting on what God said. the truth of God's word. So I want to encourage you guys as we talk about the shield of faith. It says, what is the shield of faith for then? And I'm just going to move on and we're going to kind of find a landing spot here. Faith must be linked to the truth, not your feelings. Uh, Hebrews 11.1 says, uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, let's go back. Go back to that one. Romans 5. Let me give you Romans 5, 1 through 2. I should have done this already. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access, through whom, Jesus, we have gained what? Access by what? Into what? <laughs> Faith accesses what God has already provided because of his grace, in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. So faith accesses what God has provided by grace. And all that is through our relationship with Jesus. The whole point of faith is to grab something out of the unseen realm and bring it into the visible realm. You never start with what you see to determine if you have faith. That's called sight. And we live by and not by. Because we operate here first, where we're seated in Jesus and heavenly realms. And we bring what's unseen then, which is ours, into the seen realm. Now let's go to Hebrews 11. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It is the substance of things hoped for. It's the substance. It's real, even though you can't see it. It's real. And it has evidence. It's provable, yet it's not seen. It's real. You need, by faith, to access what God's provided by grace through faith, to bring it now, the reality and the spirit of the unseen realm into the reality of the seen realm. The whole point of faith is to grab something out of the unseen realm and bring it to the visible realm. Most of the time, it's not a faith problem. It's a truth problem. It's not a lack of faith problem. It's a lack of knowledge problem. Uh, so let me finish this way. Okay, the reason why we do this is so we can extinguish all the fiery darts of the devil. Right, that's what it says going to give you the shield of faith by which you can extinguish all the fiery darts, fiery arrows. Let me say it this way. You don't need a fiery arrow. 
you don't need to be hit by a fiery arrow to die. You can just be hit by an arrow, right? It's like, that's not the point. The point here is the fiery arrow is to light on fire everything else in your life. It's to take away your defenses. It's to distract you. So the enemy is trying to distract you. Why? So you cannot operate your faith. The enemy is trying to distract you and light on fire everything around you. So you, now you begin to operate out of your five senses and not out of faith. You operate out of feelings and not out of faith. If he can light on your marriage, if he can light up your family, if he can light up your job, all of a sudden now he can get you in a place that if you don't understand this, you'll start operating or responding out of your feelings instead of out of faith. His whole point in having fiery arrows is to keep you operating in the feelings and not in faith. But if you understand how to access this, if you understand how to walk in this, know the shield of faith is able to cover all the areas of your life. What you have to do is you have to operate in that. It's important. Uh, let me give you my last scripture. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What? Our faith. Whatever you face, whatever the enemy has lights on fire in your life, whatever he's trying to distract you, whatever it is you come across, Jesus has already overcome it. So your faith will access what Jesus has already overcome through the gospel. Amen? And it is enough for whatever you're feeling, whatever you're, whatever you're facing in life. It is enough. What Jesus did is enough. Amen? And he has overcome the world, so by faith, you and I overcome as well. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. 